today, I want to talk to you about the true disciple. Disciple is a follower, believer, and a supporter. Our text will be found in Luke 9, verses 23 through 26. That's Luke 9, verses 23 through 26. Luke 9, 23 through 26. And when you have found the word, say amen. amen. All right. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. Now, Jesus was just um, talking to his disciples about the cross that he had to bear for man. And in talking to, him, to them about the cross, he was telling them, not only do I have to bear the cross, but you also have a cross to bear. And in doing that, you know, the people didn't have a problem with that. And because discipleship demanded it. Now, if you look at verse 3, the terms of, that's the terms of discipleship. Verse 24, the warning of the materialist. Verse 25, the question for the materialist. And verse 26, the judgment of the materialist. It is not more certain that without holiness no man can serve God than that without self-denial no man can be holy. All right? In the first place, without crossing and denying of self, there can be no purifying of the mortal habits without a true regret, meaning that you have to regret the things that you have done or is doing in order to start denying yourself. No man can have fellowship with Christ without a tender conscience. And a lot of times today we see a lot of people, they are sort of hard with the conscience. They don't want anything to penetrate it because they don't want to disturb that conscience. They don't want anything to um, mess up or feather up what their plans are. So leave my conscience alone. Me and my conscience are fine. Purity of heart and the energy of a devout mind set free from the kingdom of evil. No man can have these without self-denial. When we confess Christ, we embrace his dying on the cross for us. And a lot of times we come here every first Sunday, we take communion and celebrating the death of Christ. I don't know how many of you know the significance of that 
celebration. But it's vital, it's very important because Christ gave up so much for us. When I think about what he went through for me, I take it personal. I don't look at it as, okay, the church, this is the day that the church do the consecration for the communion. No, I take this personal. And each time I try to go through that whole ordeal in my mentality because the beatings and the stripes, all of this was for me. And I want to do the right thing. Thing. You know, and I go through my mind of, you know, before communion, I start thinking about, now, Lord, have I sinned? Have I transgressed against you? Have I transgressed against the word of God? And I start taking inventory. So when I do come before the Lord to do these things, I'm not taking it unaware. Because that's a death sentence. That's a death sentence. So therefore, you have to be in self-denial when you think about the consecration and what the Lord went through for us. All right? We, when we confess Christ, we embrace his dying on the cross for us, but we also accept the reality of a cross for ourselves. How many of you know you got a cross to bear? All right. All right. Living for Christ requires self-denial. This begins when we voluntarily step down from the throne of our lives, when we radically renounce self-centeredness. And we can do that by thinking that we can have our way, we can do our thing, and when we get ready, we might give God a chance. Not so. And if you look at the times that we are living in today, the wars, the rumors of wars. Look at how the weathers are changing. You don't know what to put on what day. You know, you, you, like yesterday, I called myself, you know, I'm going to be casual. I got my turtleneck on and I got, you know, my socks on and I got my jacket on and everything. And it was kind of chilly when I left home. But, Lord, when I came out there, it was so warm. I said, now, I can't take nothing off but this jacket, but I messed up today. So you don't know what the weather is going to be. And so, therefore, these are some of the signs that Revelation talks about, that God is soon to come. And, you know, I've been hearing that from a child. My grandmother used to preach this all the time. You know, the Lord is soon to come. You just don't know the day or the hour. I mean, she would just go just like this and say, amen, ma, amen, ma. But the point is, it's reality. We don't know the day nor the hour when he shall appear, but we know he shall appear. But we got to be ready. And we can't be into ourselves the self-centeredness of how we have rights to do this and have rights to do that. The only right that you have is to serve the Lord. A crucified Savior is not well served by self-pleasing, self-indulging people. Quit looking for miracles. Some of us run around looking for miracles here and prophecies there and whatever. Uh, we got to be to the place that we are paying attention to the embrace uh, of God. Focus on Christ. Let him create a daily relationship with you. Find out what he wants to do every day. 
and do it. You know, sometimes we say, well, you know, the word is hard, you know, and, and I'm young or, or I'm middle-aged and, and, and I didn't do some things in my life and I got to do these things. So while I got a little time, I'm going to slip and slide, peep and hide and do some of these things on my own, you know. And then God understands because I'm human. No, he don't. He do not understand you slipping and sliding. You got to be on the straight path. All right? All right, and then you got to do what God said in his word. Do not expect to win popularity contests, fame, fortune, and success. And sometimes we want to be so successful. A lot of us want to be famous. But at God's appointed time, if this is for you, this is when it'll happen. But by you trying to put God on the back burner to make this happen, it won't happen. All right? So put God first. Be ready to suffer the rejection. Oh, this is the hard part. Pain and death. He suffered. We have the same thing to suffer. We've all went through rejection. We've all been hurt. You know, that's a singing song today. Somebody need to put some words to it and make it a popular thing, you know. And so therefore, you know, but that's part of this walk with God. This is a part of the walk with God. All right? So be ready to suffer the rejection, pain, death. God suffered. His life leads to that. Only as you lead this lifestyle can you learn who the Messiah really is. Only this lifestyle leads to eternal life in heaven. We're supposed to be striving for heaven. Amen? Amen. We're not striving to stay here on this earth. I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay here because it's getting worse and worse. Okay? Take up your cross and follow him to the death. Then you will find he is the life. All right? To come behind means to attach oneself to Jesus as his disciple. What then must a person do in order to be considered a true disciple? First, a disciple must deny himself, that is, he must once and for all say no to his old self. Can you tell your neighbor to say no? A person who denies himself gives up all reliance on whatever he is by nature. And by nature, we were born in sin. So, of course, we're going to cater to sin. We're going to do sin. But when the Lord comes in, we have been changed to his nature. All right. And that depends on salvation. He turns away from thoughts and habits that are sinful, that cannot be harmonized with trust in God. First Corinthians, I'm sorry, second Corinthians 10, five, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of God. Paul said in Philippians 3, 7 through 11, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is the law, 
but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and, interject, in, and inject it into this, to know means to obey, to apply, and to experience, and be power, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering, being made comfortable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the death. You will never know the value or meaning of his resurrection power until you can experience it. And that goes back to what we were talking about, about the communion. When you can really see and understand what the Lord did for you, then you will experience the death of Jesus Christ. And so many times, we're supposed to be dying daily. Daily. We're supposed to be dying. This flesh supposed to be being mortified, rottening, you know, to the place that when God comes in, he takes all of it and he uses it to his glory. And this is what we should be doing on a daily basis. Death to your ways, death to your feelings, death to your rights, death to your desires, the flesh and selfishness, death to reputation or making a name for yourself, death to disobedience and death to a man's approval. And you know, disobedience is witchcraft. It is, if you know your word, you wouldn't be disobedient. Disobedience is witchcraft. So we got to be careful of that. He must take up his cross. Take up his cross. What are our crosses? Crosses are when we deny our rights for the benefits of others. Mm, I could do one on that one too. They are not self-inflicted pain due to ignorance and disobedience. They are not simply trials or hardship. Some think of a nutty or unfair professor or teacher or as a, a bossy mother-in-law as a cross, but they are not. Neither can we properly call an illness or a handicap a cross. It's not. A cross results from specifically walking in Christ's steps, embracing his life. Now that's a mouthful. But well, we can say we got to walk in the steps that God walked in. How many of us, of us can do that? How many of us are doing that? And how many of us are going to try to do that? That's the question. But it's an individual thing. Suffering for his sake. There is a lot of suffering going on, but Christ is far removed from it. And we call because of what we are going through. Child, I'm just, I'm just going through this economy, all of this stuff. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to make I, I, You know, I, I, I'm, just, I'm, a, I'm just bearing my cross. I'm just bearing my cross in Jesus. Jesus just has put this cross on me. No, he hasn't. He has not did it. It comes from being scorned because we are following the narrow way of Jesus, the way and the truth and the light. The narrow way is free of options, only one way. You have no options. It comes from standing true in difficult circumstances for the sake of the gospel. Our crosses come from and are 
proportionate to our dedication to Christ. That's another scenario. Dedication. We can find all kinds of excuses for not doing. If it ain't the baby, it's the job. If it ain't the job, it's something wrong with the house. The water pipe done burst or whatever. If it's not this, it's that. But we have no excuses. We have no excuses, okay? Difficulties do not indicate cross-bearing, though difficulties for Christ's sake do, all right? Christ had a goal in mind, you and me and redemption. He voluntarily and decisively accepts pain, shame, and persecution. That is going to be his particular, not someone else's because of his loyalty to Christ and his cause. Finally, he must begin to follow and must keep the following of Jesus. Here, following the master means trusting him, trusting his intent and judgment. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We must walk in his footsteps. 1 Peter 2.21, and I want you to read these scriptures. For even to this were you called, it is inseparable for your vocation. For Christ also suffered for you, leaving you his personal example so that you should follow his footsteps. He left us as his example. He went to the creation and all of this to make sure we were created for his example, for his purpose. Amen? We must obey his commands. We are God's personal examples. Will he get glory out of our lives? This is attained through obedience again. Obedience. John 15, 14. You are my friends if you keep on doing the things which I command you to do. Have gratitude for salvation in him. And how many times we take grant for granted the salvation that God has given us. We don't try to keep it afresh. We don't try to nourish it. We don't try to make sure we give him the glory and the praise and the honor that's due to him. Giving him quality time. We don't do this to keep our salvation. We just think once saved, always saved. But yet instead the, the devil is creating havoc on both sides behind us in front of us but we are saved but we have no weapons to fight with because we are not keeping the Holy Ghost alive so we need to be to the place that our salvation is kept in nourishment so that when God moves you know we have something to move with so it's important to us that we be saved and don't think that because you got it once it's always there. I know some people say, once saved, always saved. Prove it. <laughs> Ephesians 4.32. And become useful and helpful and kind to one another. Tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. These are hardships for us that as quote-unquote saints, 
We got to learn how to love. You ever hear a person talk about love, 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 but yet still you look at the fruits, but you never see love. You never hear love. But they're always talking about love, love, love. There ain't no love. Nobody loves. But you never see the fruit of them showing that love. But we got to love one another. And you know, if we don't do this, how do we think we are going to heaven? You can't make it to heaven. You know, tell your neighbor, you can't make it to heaven without me. So don't even try. And that's a true saying. You cannot go to heaven hating your brother and your sister. You will bust hell wide open. All right. So let's get it together while we got a, a chance. This is our dressing room. We can take off. We can put on. We can take off. We can put on. Is that what you do when you're dressing? You ever put on something you don't like? Oh, let me run back to the closet. I don't like that. I'm going to put this on. And then, oh, I don't like that. Let me put this back. And don't, don't say anything about shoes. You're throwing shoes everywhere to find the right color and the right shape and whatever. Okay, that's, that, that's in your closet. We're in the dressing room of life now. And we have to be to the place that we are putting the right things on in this dressing room. Therefore, we must keep on following Christ as his disciple and become subject to his discipline. And a lot of times, God's discipline is not easy. It hurts. It's hard. You ever read the book of Ephesians? I'm always saying ouch in that book. My Lord, here we go again, God. You know, I got to do this? That's a lot. But you know, if you want that, you're going to deny yourself. And you're going to take up what the Lord is saying in his word, and you're going to do it. All right? We grow stronger, wiser, and more in, I'm dependent upon God's strength. Question, do you have any difficulties because we are closely following Christ? That's just for you to answer. The logic of the cross. The necessity of the cross leads us to its logic. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. Luke 9, 24. Beloved, have you learned this truth? How important is your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you made up your mind to live for him? Today, have you gotten to the end of yourself, yourself? Our lives are the sum total of our choices. And so many times we make the wrong choices. But today you have a right to make the right choice. And that's the choice of being a disciple for Jesus Christ. Today, are you ready to walk? on the narrow way? Are you ready to experience abundant life? You don't have to live haphazardly. You can live happily. You can live prosperously. But it's only going to happen with the Lord. Now don't sidestep. You can only please God through God. Don't let this death be in vain. Don't let God's dying on the cross be in vain. We have never had a rugged cross put on our shoulders, dragged through the streets. We've never been whipped. 
We've never been beaten to the place that our flesh has been broken and pulled out to show his love. And not only that, didn't say a mumbling word. You let somebody hit you today, I guarantee you, because I put them up, you know. But God didn't do that because of his greatness, his compassion, and such a gulpy love that he has shown us. I love you. I love you. I'm doing this for you. I don't have to do this because he was God from glory. He could have said, all right, I am. Let me show you who I am. I'm going to show you. And he could have finished it all up. But because of you and me, he decided to go through what he went through through because of his love for us hallelujah and you know nobody else could have done that but the lord thank you jesus and we have to be to the place that we love him back don't take it for granted god loves us and we have to give back to him what he has given to us. We have used him. We have forgotten him. We have been to the place that we're just, wait a minute, God. I'll talk to you later. I'll get back with you, God. But right now, I got to do my thing. I got to be about my business. I don't have time for you. All of this, all of this, but yet and still, he still reaches out to us. He still loves us. He loves us so much, but yet and still, we want to go through all these things of disobedience and arrogance and all of this, and yet and still, we want to say we are his disciples, but we are not. We are not. So let's get it right today, today. You can only please God through God. You can only please God through God. Don't let this death be in vain. Do something about it. When you say I'm a disciple, you'll be able to see it. You will know it. Nobody else, you don't have to worry about nobody else, but you will know it. And not only that, somebody else will know that you are a disciple of God. Die today to live eternally. Die today to live eternally. Don't just come to church. Bring your body to church and your mind is somewhere else. Don't just come to church sporadically. See, it, 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 that is something of importance. Because when you come together with those that are sanctified, your strength, your joy, your peace, you could go out the door and lose your mind in a second. But because you've been in the presence of the people of God, God is able to keep you in perfect peace. And we praise God for that. And not only that, you can go out this door and you can die in a second. But will you be ready for to meet him?
Will you be ready to go back with him? All of this stuff. See, it's not the big stuff that's going to cause you to lose out. It's the little things that's going to cause you to miss out. You're going to miss, you're going to skip it, you're going to fall, and then that's it. But the point is you have to be to the place that I'm ready to be a disciple for God. And what about the lost? We talk to each one, each and every one that we know and everybody in here. But who are you talking to that let them know Jesus is Lord? He is love. He loves you so much. Who are we witnessing to? It should not just be just us in here. We should be running over basement, all the rooms filled and everything with lost souls. People are dying by the seconds now. And when I see it on the television, I said, Lord, what else can I do to cause somebody to come to you? Not just live for you, but what else can I do to draw them or not unto you? But we got to be to the place that we are disciples about God's business. It's no more I. It's no more you. It's God. It's who? It's who? It's about who? All right. So we got to get to moving saints. We got to stop this mediocre living for God and we got to get excited about it. I mean, God have did too much for you. I mean, too much. And we just sit here mundane and whatever. But we got to get busy about God's business. Die today to live eternally. And last but not least, Luke 9, 25, for what is a man advantage if he gained the whole world and lose himself or be cast away. Pray my strength in the Lord. <laughs>